Hola, compadres. Welcome to yet another episode of Podcasting by Passion for Wrestling. Now, I will be your host this evening, Sluglord, and fun fact, I am seedless. No seeds to be had here. Joining me on the podcast this evening will be my close friends, Shockmaster. Now, Shockmaster, question. Would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or 50 duck-sized horses? Um, I'd have to go with one duck-sized horse. I'm going to have to say, you're fucking right, man. That is the right answer. Okay, that'd be terrifying, but I have faith in you, my friend. Also joining us on the podcast today is Rob Sekots. Now, Rob, question. Yeah. Being that The Undertaker is, in fact, the dead man, uh-huh. would that, in fact, make Michelle McCool a necrophiliac? Well, it has to be. That, I mean, that's the only way you can describe her. She I mean, slept she... with them old bones. You know she's had, man. It's like the reverse Katie Vick scenario, right? <laughs> yeah. <Anyway. laughs> you never know what to expect. On an episode of Passion for Wrestling <laughs> Podcasting, what can I say? But on this episode, there are a couple things you can be damn sure of, and that is Royal Rumble talk, Raw and Jason Jordan talk, and also announcer drama, as well as listener questions. We had asked you guys earlier in the week for questions for the podcast, and you guys definitely delivered. So at the end of the podcast, we will be touching on those as well, but not touching on anything else other than possibly ourselves, uh, me, some very fine Asian women later, uh, as usual. You know, my usual uh, Tuesday nights. Um, Don't discriminate, by the way. Any women are fine. <laughs> any, um, as well as a brand new advertiser for the week. I mean, I'm losing count as to how many advertisers we can pull, guys. This week we have, I mean, first off, when I say WWE, what pops into your guys' head first? Walk with Elias. That's very good. <laughs> I'd agree with that. Well, that is, in fact, the wrong answer. The right answer is macaroni and cheese, obviously. Vinnie Mac and cheese, as a matter of fact. All in the shapes of Roman Reigns, so we can now force him straight down them throats, you filthy marks. Boy, <laughs> the wild episode of the P4W podcast. We would like to thank Vinnie Mac and cheese for supplying us with the fuel to get through it. Vinny Mac and Cheese in stores, probably not near you, but keep an eye out for it. Um, starting off the talk today, let's go into that Royal Rumble, guys. I mean, that that men's Rumble was fantastic. How do they not end the show with something like that? Uh, well, I think... I think they purely went for. I mean, I mean to be fair, and I don't even think we we all know that they were shoving that women's women's rumble so far down our throats. I mean, if you just uh, like uh, mac and cheese and a store exactly. near you. If mate, if they were doing a drinking game for how many times they said historic first ever, you'd be smashed by the time the women's rumble started and wouldn't have even seen it go on. And Lord knows I was. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I I think that's the only reason the women's one had more surprises in it, obviously. I think they only got about 13 women contracted anyway. One surprise, I didn't know that silicone never ages, apparently. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I thoroughly I mean, enjoyed it. Go on, Sean. Yeah. 
the, the, the men's one was good, though. The men's rumble should have been on last. I mean, they had four good surprises in uh, Adam Cole, the Hurricane. Um, I'm lost now. Who else was? Uh, uh, Hurricane Mysterio. coming through, boy. Woo! Yeah, so, uh, yeah, Mysterio. The Hurricane, there was Almas, and there was... Um, Adam Cole. Adam Cole, yep. And then, I yeah. guess, Dolph Ziggler, if you want to say that one. That that was the most un- uninspiring surprise number thirty of all time, I, I think, and that includes the Roman Reigns that got booed and the the time that Rey Mysterio got booed because it wasn't Daniel Bryan. I still would have taken them over Dolph Ziggler. Oh. <laughs> yeah, the comeback, but I mean, the comeback other we than, all knew was happening. Yeah, but other than that, the lackluster thirty once again. I mean, one of the best rumbles, men's rumbles in years. Unfortunately, the rest of the matches on the card. Um, I'm failing to even really remember anything too memorable memorable about them. Even the <coughs> even the two on one handicap match with AJ Styles wasn't really anything to write home about. No, no, it was below AJ's normal standards. It was still a good match, that being yeah. said, for what it was. Um but it was below AJ's normal four star yeah. standard. Was there, I think was the only that quality of match every time we see him wrestle. Yeah, exactly. It it was yeah, it was. It wasn't a bad match, but it wasn't a ride home pay per view AJ Styles performance either. Um, I think the only real memorable moment I can think of is uh, the the knee to the head um, heard around the world, which was uh, Braun Strowman uh, thoroughly pissing off Brock Lesnar. Absolutely. Have you ever done that to anybody, Rob? Uh, not not like on purpose. Um, I mean, if I had to uh, open up a can of Brock Lesnar. And uh, Braun Strowman, and I would, but you know, I, I tried to keep. I'm more of a lover, not a fighter. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, as a lover, I like to be um, gentle. <laughs> not that you would know that slug. He, I'm just saying. Seconds as a gentle lover. You've heard it here first. <laughs> For the ladies out there, you never know what you're gonna get, boy. Woo! Listen here, baby cat. You want yourself a gentle lover. You want yourself somebody that'll make you. Her all night. Hit up Robbie Seckhartz, apparently. <laughs> but yeah, that's. I mean, that's the only real memorable thing that happened in the the main part of the pay per view, which was uh was obviously Roman, uh, Braun Strowman was going in a bit heavy handed. Brock Lesnar getting uh, upset um, and shouting. I believe he shouted, "Slow the fuck down!" while punching him in the side of the head, which uh, I'm sure it slowed Ro- uh, Braun down for a bit. He took a page out of O.C.'s book with that kind of language, boy. <laughs> SEF count started. Yeah. Um, so, what did uh, you think of the whole event, though, Rob? Uh, I mean, I enjoyed it as a whole. Um, I understand why they made the women's the, the main event, though. Because as it was the first time ever and, and all this sort of stuff, and they're plugging it for like a history-making moment, it, it done what it needed to do. My only worry is because the first one was so good, when they do a second one, is it going to live up to the same expectations? I mean, the problem is they'll never they'll never have thirty. I doubt they're ever going to have a thirty women roster. So exactly, every yeah. year, is it just going to be this? Yeah, it'll get kind of. I'll, I'll be kind of bored. Don't get me wrong. She looked fucking fantastic, but I'll, I'll get kind of bored in five years' time if uh, if Tori Wilson's still coming back into the Rumble every year just to eliminate someone. Yeah, five years time, she's gonna look like she's fucking nineteen, probably. God damn, boy, woo! She she is she looking good, good, isn't she? Yeah, she she's looking good. The only thing that annoyed me about that women's one is, is I counted this. There was a 
There was over, uh, well, I didn't count it, I'm going in the roughest, but there was over 10 eliminations by former Divas. Um, so Tori Wilson eliminated Dana Brooke. That, so, you know, we're meant to believe that the women's revolution is putting the Divas revolution to shame. Um, yeah. And, it, you know, the women are now legitimate fighters, whereas before we just wanted to look at them. But yet, yeah, Michelle McCall got four eliminations. I believe she led the Rumble in the eliminations. So four eliminations were her. She looked like Slender Man's wife, boy. <laughs> you know what I do want to pick up on? Did anyone enjoy the... Um, I wouldn't say enjoy it. Did anyone really, like, see the moonsault from Lita? That oh, yeah, she nearly, killed herself. Yeah. yeah, that was... I mean, she had neck surgeries, right? Obviously, we'll take that into account, but that was risky. I mean, her Raw, yeah. raw 1000 was perfect. This one was awful. And you know what? I want to take this moment to call out that crowd because how dare you have the audacity to chant, you still got it after you saw that freaking botch fest that she just put on with that freaking lead assault, okay? How yeah. dare you say that and try to give her the false confidence to come back. Look <laughs> at Charlotte's moonsault compared to whatever the hell that suicide attempt was by Lita yeah. in the women's rumble. Oh my gosh. Oh okay. yeah. If we're going to bring up botches, um, Sasha Banks attempting to Sasha kick Lita. Uh, I mean, oh, what? oh that, yeah, that was the 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 video that's been since been released of Sasha Banks during the countdown for the next one, uh, stomping Lita in the corner, but looking like she was doing the can can. See, see, so what I think was John Cena was actually in the middle trying to prevent it from yeah. happening. But you couldn't see him. You exactly. That is the only reason. It, it, yeah, it was that was fairly horrible. I, I counted, also counted nine, n nine times. And okay, I'm going to put this out. This is for a purely Mark perspective because I'm sure the casual fan didn't see this. But I counted nine times that they showed a close up of a woman jumping herself over the top rope, <laughs> <laughs> including the final elimination with Nikki uh, Nikki Bella, where she didn't get kicked at all, and then still yes, yeah, got her legs taken out. Notice that you've never seen. Yeah, you have never. Could have been Cena trying to save her, moving her out of the way. Rob, good call on that. Exactly. Yeah, um, exactly. I think I think for the historic women's rumble, it's now been what two weeks since the Royal Rumble, mm -hmm. uh, and I, I don't think that we have um, we we've seen a highlight video or a replay of the end of that rumble for a very good reason. Nope. Yeah. nope. And now we have the first ever women's uh, elimination chamber to look forward to, as was announced <clears throat> on this past edition of WWE Monday Night Raw. Now, what were your guys' thoughts of last night's episode? Your candid, genuine thoughts. Don't hold back. Um, it was all right. It, well, it was better than Raw 25. I'll give it that. It was all right. It was better than Raw 25. That's enough out of you. Go ahead and take it, Shock. I am just going to go out on a limb and say that was one of the worst Raws I've watched in a long time. Um, that's... that's Brutally honest, I think from an from an acting perspective, the best actor on Raw at the moment is Jason Jordan and his uh, his neck injury angle. But we'll get back to that later. Um, other than that, Kurt Angle can't seem to remember the next pay per view that's coming up. Um, <laughs> him and him and uh, um, Alexa Bliss's uh, promo for no apparent reason was was pointless. Um, uh, if I have to see another combination of the Shield versus the Bar, I might want to choke myself 
Uh, I mean, it's, it's literally been going on, what, three, four months now of That's Dean funny. or Seth or Roman versus the bar versus the combination of the shield. And it's it has it's play, played out um, as good as the match was. And I do want to say this uh, as good as the match was between Roman Reigns and Bray Wyatt. I think everyone and their dog, including Slug's dog, uh, were aware that Roman Reigns was going to win that match. Um <laughs> Um, we got the announcement, I believe, for the Women's Elimination Chamber and who's going to be in it, and the announcement that every mark in the world was waiting for, which was that Finn Balor gets a second chance to be in the Elimination Chamber. Every mark in it will be happy about that, I'm sure, after crying that he lost to John uh, lost last week clean. Apollo Crews as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, Finn Balor isn't a guaranteed to be in it. It could be Broken Matt, Bray Wyatt, or Apollo Crews. Imagine Apollo, Apollo Crews in that elimination. Apollo did put on a good uh, match with the Miz last night, though. You got to see a little bit more of his uh, offensive style. I felt like, and obviously, the Miz is going to have a good match with nearly anybody that he goes in there with. But uh, mm-hmm. we even got a couple Apollo chants in the crowd, which was crazy to see. I think actually uh, the tightest worldwide thing's helping him uh, a lot more than not. I, I was going to say he was he was going nowhere anyway, and it has helped him um, definitely. I think from uh, from Titus worldwide, what, uh, I think um, Titus O'Neil was very underrated in terms of getting something over. Like he, he yeah. had his aura that seems to be quite over. Um, yeah. So he he does seem to be quite good at uh, getting you know parts of his character over with the fan base. Obviously him and. Uh, Darren Young had the uh, the money dance as well yeah. that got quite over. So, he, yeah, he does have that in him, and I think it was a really smart decision to put Apollo with him because Apollo was going nowhere. Yeah, I agree. Hopefully I think... it does mean a mini push because, I mean, Raw is completely devout of tag teams, and uh, uh, with Dean Ambrose out and Jason Jordan out, it means that, um, you know, I hope that they're going to push other tag teams into it, the Revival, the club, um and Titus worldwide. Yeah, yep. I mean, uh, as you were saying, like I, I do agree with what you mean. Uh, to be honest, I lost my trailer thought because I was too busy listening to what you were saying. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I, f- I feel like there's a lot going on. Um, I was going to ask, what did you think of, like you said, the, the Shield sort of re- reuniting again? Uh, where, I, where do you go from that? Like, I feel like it was a one-shot one. deal. I, I feel yeah. like it was to cover the... The storyline with Jason Jordan and Seth, and it was simply to get the rematch out of the way, um, yeah. hopefully. That's what I'm hoping anyway. I hope it's just to get the rematch out of the way and the bar can move on to new tag teams um, and we can see this Seth and uh, Seth and Jordan thing boil down because because uh, it, it was a one-night-only thing. Roman isn't going to be involved with the Shield, let's be honest. He's, he's going to Brock Lesnar now. Yeah, And honestly, who knows how much farther the bar can even go uh, with all the reports given on Seamus's health and his mm. neck uh, going forward, so uh, I've seen some reports saying that he might even retire within the year. Yeah. Um, which case, you know, obviously Cesaro will then be forced to go on a singles run, uh, be a singles competitor once again. I like Cesaro as a singles competitor. Obviously, WWE didn't feel as over on him. I think uh, this tag team action with Seamus helped them both out immensely. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens if and when uh, Sheamus does call it quits uh, for the bar and for Cesaro going forward. Um, but speaking of neck injuries, uh, in the similar neighborhood, Rob, I believe uh, you heard 
some rumblings about neck injuries and Jason Jordan, perhaps? Uh, yeah, so Jason Jordan, as we're talking about Raw, Jason Jordan um, was not able to compete due to a neck injury. Um, now, following up on all the information that's actually going on, I'd, I mean, I'll ask you too, do, do you think it's a legit injury? Because the reports are saying that it could be similar to um, Edge because he's losing grip in his fingers. Um, I'm assuming last night, didn't he cut a promo of like he had tingling on his neck or something? Mm. Um, which was why Roman was then put in the match. So how much of this do you believe is, is legit? Is it a legit thing or what's going on? Because they said it could be up to a year and a half. Last night it definitely felt legit. I will say that after I heard him and saw him on the backstage segment, after reading the dirt sheet type things that had come out the day prior to that, it definitely felt like uh, he seemed very upset. It seemed like he was definitely going to be um, taking a leave for a while medically. But now... I believe Shock has since uncovered some information that would possibly say otherwise. Yeah, um, as of as of about an hour ago, before we filmed this, uh, recorded this podcast, um, Jason Jordan's wife, real life wife, uh, has uh, clearly become annoyed with her friends and family asking if uh, Jason Jordan's career is over, um, and has accidentally let slip. Seemingly that his injury is completely fabricated. Uh, the way that she's uh, posted is Jason Jordan, quotation marks, uh, has a serious neck injury. However, Nathan, which is Jason Jordan's real name, is fine. Um, so it seems to be a very, very, it must be said, good work from WWE. Uh, a shame that someone, uh, clearly Jason Jordan's wife, has let it slip. Because for it to go to out to all the dirt sheets, including Meltzer um, and all sorts, you know, everyone was reporting this was a serious, serious neck injury. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems that it was a very well thought out and well done work by the WWE uh, that has has accidentally been uncovered by his wife. Which is annoying because, like, over here uh, in the UK, wise, it's even on the Sun's website that Jason Jordan is injured. Yeah, um, yeah, he says WWE star Jason Jordan suffering from serious neck injury and could face surgery, forcing him out for over a year. Yeah, so th- they did such a good, good way of yeah. releasing it. In all honesty, it's it's probably the first time in years, in years that kayfabe has been done so well in terms of an injury angle. Um, and it's a shame that it's just uh, Jason Jordan's wife seems to have let it slip that this isn't in fact the case, and he does have uh, he doesn't have a major injury at all. Um, but yeah, it, you know, as I said, it's the best angle I think that WWE's done in years for for, for credible newspapers or, or not so credible if you're in the UK and you listen to the Sun and you're in Liverpool, um, you don't read the Sun at all. Um, can, can Liverpoolians read? <laughs> uh, but no, I believe they can. And they they <laughs> refuse to read the Sun. Um, it's banned in, in Liverpool. But uh, but yeah, for it to be making headlines in, in you know sports websites. Uh, Wrestling Observer, uh, all sorts of places. It's credible news over the the past few days and weeks um, for it to come out that it was a mistake by Jason Jordan's wife, which I'm sure Jason Jordan won't thank her for um, if it gets back to the WWE that they've put all this work into an injury angle that's not legit. I mean, if if the only way to make it now legit is to um, just hurt his neck. So, I mean, give Brock Lesnar a call. Yeah, yeah. Sa- sandbag, sandbag of Brock Lesnar powerbomb. I was kind of hardcore Holly. That'll break your neck. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, she she seriously messed up on this. I was quite upset. 
when I'd heard that news because, like you said, it was so well kept under kayfabe. I really believe he was injured. And I then now, uh, ruined by that, I think it was selfish on her part if she was just annoyed by people asking her about it. And if I were him, uh, the next time she tries to fake sick, go right to her fucking boss and call him up and be like, no, she's over here chilling, watching Netflix, not sick at all. You know what? There's <laughs> consequences. Let him... <laughs> Let him fuck up her kayfabe, okay? <laughs> you fuck up my kayfabe, fuck up your kayfabe. That's how we go. That's right, you, you tell him. But, um, uh, do, what, or what just, just divorce her. I mean, you Jason, know, Jordan's, uh, Jason Jordan's really put a lot of effort into this injury angle. Into He's got the best out of what is a pretty fucking horrific angle. Sorry, I swore again. That's right, taking Number four now, right? <laughs> um, uh, it, baby. It's it's a fairly fairly horrific angle him and Kurt have been put into, uh, and Jason yeah, Jordan's nice made fun. the best of it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Jason Jordan's made the best out of it. Uh, really, I think I think Kurt's acting has left a lot to be desired, um, but J- Jason Jordan certainly put the effort in uh, and getting the rewards. When you hear the heat he's got from that crowd, that you know he is uh, he's probably becoming the best pure heel in the WWE because people genuinely hate him. Like he has, he has Roman Reigns' heat, but he's actually the heel, right? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, on I think it was Raw twenty five, right? Um, him and it was the Miz, wasn't it? Yeah, the Miz, yeah, Miz doing, TV. Yeah. yeah. And uh, every time Jordan went to talk, the crowd just erupted. The last time I see it was that the crowd was that bad was when uh, the Raw after Undertaker lost to Roman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that I've never seen a crowd as bad for over the last few years. And that was only just under a year ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. So, I mean, Jason's legit got heat. The only thing is, will this be one of them things, for example, with like Rock Rock or The Rock? When he was rocking my VR, the crowd hated him. he become The Rock. And now look at him. He should be a Hall of Famer, uh, in, yeah, in my opinion. So could, yeah. could Jason Jordan do the 180 turn? And take this heat and turn it into something positive, and be—I wouldn't say the next rock, but have an incredible career going forward. I think. I think in the ring, he is—he's—he's he's gifted enough to do it. Yep. And everyone's seen that. Everyone just thought he couldn't talk and he couldn't do—he couldn't have a character before. And I think this has proven that he is—he's over as hell. Uh, you know, it, as a heel, whether or not that was the designed effect at the start of the angle. That he, you know, I, I genuinely thought he came in as Kurt's son and they wanted people to cheer him, uh, and it's turned out he is a heel. So, you know, it could completely mirror that the Rock situation, you think? It'd be well, nice to see it happen. Yeah. Here's what I see when I see Jason Jordan I see a lot of big casts there. Um, that they have a lot of tools to get really far in this business. The only problem is when they go into the ring, they have a lot of the same moveset that seems really rehearsed. So yep. when you go in, you're always expecting to see a couple spots. And it's almost done so much in succession, almost kind of how Cena has his moveset that he does one after the other after the other. And I would like to see them maybe go away from that, maybe go away from, uh, you know, the suplex, suplex, suplex stuff or whatever and get more of a storytelling, uh, more of a storytelling development mm-hmm. in ring a little bit more or whatever, because right now I don't know if he tells that good of a story in ring with his in ring work. Um, so I think he needs to improve a little bit there. Uh, I don't even know if he needs to widen his moveset because he has a broad one. I just think he needs to use it in the correct way 
for what his character is, and uh, he could get himself a lot, a lot further along in the process. Uh, I agree because I know what you mean. Because when you watch him in a ring, he's still wrestling in the mentality as he's just received the hot tag to go for the match to finish, and that that's his match all the way through. There's no like he's he's good at taking a beating and then coming back, which is perfect for a tag team. But he needs to get out of this mindset of making it look like every part of the match is a hot tag and he has to be on this up but even Cena takes a beating then builds it up again and tells that story so maybe yeah. that's the only downfall but um in ring is a phenomenal athlete um you know I can there's like he reminds me of a shade of I wouldn't say Brock Lesnar but maybe he's got that the drive of like Lesnar to me like he really wants it um and combined with like Shelton Benjamin and Kurt Angle combined, he's got that athleticism. Do you know who? He, do, you know, do you know who he really does actually remind me of? Yeah, is, is is first run Kurt? The, you know yeah. Kurt that had the won the title in the year two thousand. They used his brother yeah. to get pinfalls. You know yeah. he'd go out of the ring and his brother would come in and take the pinfall for him. And he was backstage. He was a whiny comedy character, and mm-hmm. and that's what Jason Jordan is. He's this whiny little bitch. He is Kurt Angle in the year 2000. And, yeah, and, they, I agree. And, and and at the start, everyone looked at it and went, what the hell is this? But it actually looks like the WWE have gone, he could do that whiny character. Maybe he's just a whiny person. I don't know. I'm not going to go into that. You know, Maybe they saw it backstage and went, damn, that reminds me of Kurt. And just went, yeah, he could be Kurt's son. And they've thrown it together. Um, I don't know. But yeah, he, he's doing really well with it. Yep, but uh, in uh, the injury storyline-wise, it was fantastic kayfabe work. That was not ruined yep. by his wife. But speaking of kayfabe, uh, how about this announcer drama involving Corey Graves and uh, Booker T? I have no idea if this is a shoot or if this is a work. Like, this is uh, – I have legit have no idea. Booker T has said that he has lost his job at the Raw announce desk because – Raw officials or WWE officials were legitimately afraid that he was going to jump on Corey Graves one of these days for continuously poking him during the broadcasts and uh, went on to say that if he sees him in the streets that he'll mess up his hairdo. He challenged him to a match at WrestleMania. Corey has since sent out a kind of shady tweet that he pretty much let us all know is directed at who you think it's directed at. Yeah. Booka. So I have no idea what is going on here. I think that uh, Booker T personally is getting a little bit too sensitive. What leads me to think this is a story that I had heard years past uh, from the Young Bucks when they had a tryout down in Orlando. And apparently they got to the tryout late and uh, Regal told them to get right in the ring and start working with the Usos. So they got right in the ring, started having this match, and then Booker apparently felt slighted because they didn't come up to him and find him in the backstage area and go shake his hand and go fucking kiss his ass. So he proceeded to bury them in front of all the boys just because of that. So that already in itself leads me to think that he has thin skin. So I think that it leads me to believe that it is more of a real, real situation where he feels upset by Corey Graves. Uh, Maybe he feels like he's getting outsmarted uh, on the commentary um, it's a shot at his ego. He doesn't really know how to deal with it. So instead of getting back at him the intelligent way by using your words and on commentary, the smart way, uh, he's going to threaten violence. 
And being that he works for a wrestling company, he could also mask that threat by saying, oh, let's have a match. And, you know, lead us to think, oh, is this real? Is this fake? You know, he could very well be threatening Corey Graves and just using the WWE as a blanket in them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm along the lines. It is really difficult to let a work in a storyline because you've got to think, these two men, even though they're not on the commentary booth anymore, they still work for the same company. You know, he, he, they're still at the same shows together. They're, so there has to still be now an element of interaction between the two men. Um, well, and on, you know, not even cleared for any kind of physical no, activity. No, 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 and he, he never will be. Yeah, he retired because of his injuries. But, that's what makes no sense. Yeah, so, it, so that makes no sense from a storyline perspective. I, I almost think it's like a work shoot kind of thing. I, think, I don't think Booker T would legitimately beat Corey Graves up. I think they legitimately probably do still see each other on a weekly basis. Um, I think he's probably... As you said, Slug, being very oversensitive to, to he's probably seen a lot of online what people have been saying about how Corey Graves has um, been putting him in his place and this kind of stuff, and he's he's probably become quite jealous or upset about it because the truth is is that Corey Graves has come into Raw and looks like the big commentator, and Booker yeah. T has looked like an idiot, and and in all honesty, it's rightfully so because Booker T has said some ridiculous things on commentary. And look, I have definitely been there before where I've said something that was an idiotic statement. I was called out on it immediately in front of a bunch of people. You get embarrassed. You feel embarrassed. And your yeah. first thing is I'm going to lash out at this person. But that makes you look even worse. What you yeah. need to do is just accept it. We all fuck up sometimes. Move on. <laughs> learn to laugh at yourself. If you learn to laugh at yourself, you're going to get a lot farther in life in general. And I think that's what Booker needs to do here. I think he needs to learn to laugh at himself. If he watched back his commentary himself, how does he not think yeah. the same things? Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, it's, it's some of his some of his commentary is really obscure, and and Corey Graves has just picked up on it. Mm. Um, what leads me to think it's it it's a work though is, is the fact that uh, he made some comments on Raw, and and as we were all aware, like. Commentary is very much Vince McMahon will tell you what to say a lot of the time, and and he would have a go at you if you didn't say the right thing. So mm -hmm. um, for Corey Games to make comments like he did on Raw to Coachman, which was a uh, uh, be careful coach, you'll end up back on local radio, which was another dig at Booker because Booker does his local Houston radio station uh, has a radio show. So to have uh, little digs like that, you think you know it, if it's actually personal and it's it's not a work. Would Vince McMahon really allow them to be Corey Graves to say that live on air? No, uh, that's where it kind of leads me to think it's a it's a bit more of a work than what's being led on. I the feel, I feel well. sorry. I feel like uh, I'll just finish. I feel like yeah, well. it's not. Um, it's going to end on a like like you said at WrestleMania. What he's challenging to is a fight. I feel like what's going to happen is you're going to have this big talked about confrontation. And it's not going to be a fight or anything like that. It's just going to be a kickoff show where they come across each other on the stage or something like that, and and something happens, or they arrange some kind of charity thing, like a charity arm wrestling match, at access something yeah, like that. Would have to be something like light like that. Like I know that King Dick and the uh, another admin on the page. I'm sure several people are familiar with him. Fantastic admin, funny guy. Um, had said that he thinks it might be a rock, paper, scissors match. And realistically, WWE has 
would have to do something along those lines because, as we said before, he's not going to get medically cleared for any kind of physical bump in the ring. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it'd even be big enough to be in the ring at Mania anyway. So it would be... Oh. It's like it's going to be an, it's going to be some kind of access challenge. That's yeah. I don't even think I don't even think it's pre-show worthy to be perfectly honest. Um, I think it's I think you see it in the live crowd at access or or some something stupid like that really. Um, yeah. It is there's going to be no match or rope, no real fight. I do I am leaning towards the side of of work for the simple fact that it's being done on TV as well. Um, I mean, and, and to be fair, Corey Graves has been doing it not just to Booker, but he does it on SmackDown to Byron Saxton. Uh, he does it. He's started doing it to coach in the two weeks they've been together. So it, it, it's not just Booker T that he was pick, picking on to, you know, sound really childish. No. So you think so too, Rob? Work shoot? Yeah. So, um, so I was just saying is originally Booker was only there for Raw as an announcer, wasn't it? While David Otunga was recording a film, right? Yeah. From what I remember, because uh, yeah. yeah. So and then. Obviously, Otunga went to do like more pre-show stuff, and they just get Booker on there. So for them to rehire Coachman, there must have been a reason for Booker to then go. Do you know what I mean? There, there must have been. They weren't going to Booker's going, and then we'll bring in Coach Stroud. They would have used one of the SmackDown announcers. Do you know what I mean? They would have done that. They would have yeah. just brought one over from SmackDown, or even brought someone from NXT up to to do that. I mean, I would at one point I would like Renee Young to be. A full-time announcer from Raw or SmackDown. She's so good at it. Um, so yeah, there must there's something more behind it. So it's definitely a work to answer the question because you would just call someone up. Like there's been times when a certain um, like there was a certain person can't come up and do the announcing, so they just grab someone else and say, "Look, you know how, how to do it." So let's we'll throw you in. And it's yeah. like coach. And the thing is good on coach because he's like he's not even missed a step. He sounds so genuine. He he sounds like he's happy to be there again. Mm. Yeah, um, I liked Coach being back. Yeah. I've got to say that. I, I like. Yeah, so, well, from, uh, the sounds of, uh, or from the sounds of how they're running things at ESPN lately, uh, it sounds like he's definitely glad to be back. Yeah, yeah, he did let, walked out of ESPN, didn't he? Which is a pretty cushy job. You know, he was doing... Uh, I mean, I'm not included up with ESPN or what, how big a network it is and stuff, but he was doing heading up SportsCenter, or he was a an anchor on SportsCenter, which is a pretty big deal in terms of presenting. Is it not, Smug? Yeah, it is. Yep, I, um, it is. It's just been uh, going downhill lately, and uh, he definitely probably got out at the right time. Personally, I think he set himself up for that, because not in a bad way either, because they started doing a thing with getting someone on the sports centre, like a wrestler, to talk, get on the sports centre, talking to coachman and all that stuff. Yeah, I'm not saying there were bridges that needed to be like cleared and, like, and sorted out sort of thing, and bridges that needed to be rebuilt, but I think just that little thing happening with coachman was enough for them to have trust in him. So then if he ever wanted to come back, that door was wide open for him. Yeah, so if that was the case, I mean, props to him because he'd done I mean, it fantastically. Yeah, from, from what I read a few years ago, that was the case. It was Coachman that, that opened the door because obviously there was a time when ESPN stopped covering WWE in any way because it, was, it wasn't it was a sport. There was a t- uh, the time that Vince McMahon himself was like, wrestling isn't a sport. We are aimed to Hollywood. We're not dealing with sports stuff anymore. And, you know, for them now to, to like you said, for Coach and uh, I believe Triple H, I could be wrong on that, but I believe from reading it, it was Triple H and Coach who, who built that bridge that had the element. Because as Triple H has always said, it's still sports entertainment. You know, they, they don't want to completely burn the sports bridge to think so that people aren't considering it anything. 
people they don't want people to think it's a soap opera. You know, they still want people to believe in the art form of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Exactly. Well, um, I think that we should go ahead and get to these fan questions and call it a day because I have to uh, get out of here and get on my, with my day here in a uh, little bit. So leading off the fan questions, Ronnie Ellis wants to know, Will Ronda Rousey be booked like the female Lesnar, and should she be? Shock, I'll let you take this one. Okay. Um, I think she will be, and I think it's the right move to make because there's the money to be made in in Ronda Rousey uh, Mm -hmm. as the unbeatable female uh, that she is, really. I think, you know, um, while it's there, uh, I think what's going to happen, potentially, is her wrestling ability is not going to be all there. Um, and so while they can keep her as this unbeatable MMA fighting machine, uh, they they will do. Um, I hope to God that the rumours of her ending Asuka's streak uh, are a bit premature. Um, and, and if it is the right thing to do, we're talking like next year's WrestleMania, where both yeah. Asuka and Ronda Rousey go on two year-long runs, only to meet at next year's WrestleMania, um, you know, with both of them... You know, then then it's the big question: who do you, who goes over Ronda or Asuka? You know, they've given Asuka what a two-year running streak at that point, and Ronda a one-year one. Um, I also think that would be a fantastic way to potentially build up to the first ever women's main event if they did, uh, if that is the route they wanting to go down and still push these boundaries of women's wrestling. Uh, Asuka versus Ronda, you know, the unbeatable force versus the immovable objects. Uh, next year's WrestleMania would be a good way to go potentially. I agree. I think that uh, if you keep her, uh, if you book her and keep her undefeated um, all the way up until next year's WrestleMania and keep Oscar undefeated as well, then that would be the right way to do it. Yeah, I agree. Can I just say, Shock, I think that was like the greatest answer you've ever given. Um, Next time, can you type that so when you do pull it online, we can actually give a nice read of it? Because normally (laughs) you just give a short answer. Like that was... It was detail. I'm, I'm impressed. That's a, I'll give a Meltzer rating on that of five stars. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Well, following up that question, uh, Jamie Bretherton wants to know, will Almas be the next big heel or will WWE find a way to ruin him? Rob, why don't you go take this one first? Um, I mean, it, it's possible. Uh, it just depends on how how the booking is the thing is i don't know man you know what wwe bookings like they finally get a good a good a good thing going and then they pull the plug on it because they feel like it's it's happening for them and then they don't like the fact that it's happening uh you know i think that's that's the only issue so it'd be nice it'd be nice to have a good like hill but i don't know uh with wwe you can never tell i mean it also it crowd reactions also change everything let's say for, for example Jason Jordan. They wanted him to get over as a face, and now he's over as basically a heel. So, I have no idea. Um, I'd like for it to happen, but we'll have to wait and see. What do you think? He's a cool heel. He would be. He's a cool character. He obviously helped Tetsuya Naito shape himself into what he is today. Yeah. Um, I think he's cool. I don't know how well he's going to get over with the main roster crowd. To be completely honest with you, I can totally see him. Uh, coming up to the main roster and kind of fading into obscurity. Nothing uh, on his part, but I could just see it booking-wise. I don't really see uh, 
if he were to come up, I don't see what direction they would send him in. What's there for him right now? Um, so I, it's it's really hard to say with anybody. I mean, look at Hideo Itami. I know when they debuted him, they probably expected a lot more than what they got. Yeah. But now, just another 205 Live guy. He could have yeah. debuted with the rest of the 205 Live roster and be this exactly the exactly where he is now, over wise yeah. with the crowd. So uh, um, yeah. I, I hope that doesn't happen to Almas because he's fantastic, but. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I uh, I think this is a good way to get this onto this podcast, which was how good his match was with Johnny Gargano at, uh, at Takeover Philly last uh, the last weekend as well, which was um, a phenomenal match. It, it was probably one of the best matches I've ever seen, uh, quite honestly, and it was the best match um, uh, in the last kind of ten years in the WWE. Uh, but in terms of him being a heel, what immediately stands out to me is if he came up to the main roster, he would be Alberto Del Rio. You know, he's yeah. got that. He's And, and Vince just has this... He, he's so stuck to stereotypes. You know, a Mexican aristocrat and that kind of... You know, either that or he's a small luchador that will fly around, whereas Almas doesn't really fit into that small luchador that's going to be Rey Mysterio. Uh, so the really only other one is, is, a, is Mexican aristocrat, which, you know, they seem to be the two ways that Vince goes. If he came up under Triple H, I think you see what you'd see now. Um, but I think we, we, you know, we know that for a lot of booking would be different. Um, as Slug said, I'd really like to hope so because the work he's been doing on NXT recently has just been outstanding. Um, yeah. And you know, with uh, three of Trinidad, Selena Vega at his side, who's also just been a fantastic uh, manager and helped Almas reach that main event level. Yep, so we'll see what WWE plans to do with him, but uh, I hope all the best for him for sure. Uh, we have two more questions left. Mike Santos wants to know, why do you guys put your watermark on everything? Allow me to go ahead and take this one. Uh, well, that's simply because when people share those posts, uh, we want them to know what page they had gotten it from. They want them to know that it was from our page. He seems to think that we put multiple tags on sometimes, I'm unsure what post that was done on. If it was done, uh, it was probably done, <laughs> possibly. Um, but uh, it's the culprit one, maybe. one time. Uh, but yeah, that is the reason why. Because we want to spread the news. We want to get the page over. So while you guys are listening to this, please, you know, share it with your friends. Let somebody know about it. Um, after that. <laughs> Uh, what were you going to say, Sam? Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, um, <laughs> I'm always one, so basically I have this thing. So it'd be good for the listeners to actually um, look out for it, see how much they actually pay attention to uh, the post that we do. Um, so what I'll do is I'll do a post, and then I'll sometimes put a hidden watermark in the post. Um, so it's like subliminal messaging. Yeah, like it's just, it's just like, um, because like for people, honestly... For people like me, uh, obviously I'll use Photoshop. Other, some of the other admins on the page, without giving um, too much away, a peek behind the curtain is they can use their phones. Uh, I am, I don't mind using my phone if I'm out. I prefer to use Photoshop because that's what I'm comfortable with. So when I do Photoshop, I know you can take images off and replace them and whatnot and superimpose them and hide the background and cover someone's watermark. And it, all that's possible, especially if you're skilled enough to do it. Um, you know, I mean... Certain admins put other people's faces on other wrestlers, like Enzo Amore, for example. Uh, I'm not saying people do that. 
it, it's something yeah. that can happen, you know. Um, thanks, Lug. Whatever. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, so I, I do hide uh, watermarks occasionally. So if there is more than one, it's probably my my post. Um, Congratulations! You will receive your prize from Rob for winning a competition. <laughs> I can have a piece of three point one four. Well, other than that, the last question we have is Nick Burrow wants to know why does WWE lie about attendance? And I know this was something that was done back in the territory days. They would also always say that they had sold out ten thousand seats at every single show. Until some fans started uh, realize that some of these stadiums don't even hold ten thousand seats, like how is that even possible? So it's just to overhype yourself, you know what I mean? It's like lying on your resume or something like that, you know what I mean? They're trying to make it seem a little bit better than what it is. Yeah. Uh, you know, public image is everything, you know what I mean? So yeah. obviously, if they're gonna, if they're quoted and somebody wants to know how many people showed up at that house show last night. Maybe it was, you know, maybe the actual number was uh, 7,600 or something like that. And they'd be like, oh, you know, we, we drew about 10,000 or something like that. They round up. That's yeah. the best way to do it, I think, in my opinion. Uh, with WrestleMania as well, because they're using such huge stadiums, uh, the top tier tickets don't really sell out because people don't really want to be paying $500 to sit, you know, 10 miles away from the st- to the ring. You know, they don't really see it as a good value. And so uh, a lot of WWE's events now are, if the big stadiums are papered, uh, so they're not, they've still got the fans in attendance. They're still the WrestleMania crowd as a sellout, but it might be that a a couple of thousand or a thousand tickets or so have been handed out for free on the day of the show. And that's just simply because that's their extravaganza. That's, you know, the biggest show of the, the year. And it has to be a sellout. It has to be full. And unfortunately for them, the people, a lot of people don't want to sit 10 miles away from the actual ring and watch Ants wrestle. Yeah, yep, that, uh, yeah, exactly that. Uh, so, yep, that is your guys' question. So in the future, if you guys have a question for the podcast, uh, DM the page or we will be doing one post a week asking for your guys' messages or asking for your guys' questions. Uh, also on a future podcast, we'll be starting a game where one of us will be cutting a promo. Uh, you guys will have to guess what wrestler cut that promo and then if you got if you get 10 of those correct uh we're going to be giving away a prize at the end of that so stay tuned for more information on that yeah. uh stay tuned for more uh more to come from the page more podcasts we're going to try to pump out one a week for you guys possibly sometimes an extra special one uh every now and then if you guys are really really good and if you're really really naughty and of the female persuasion then Message me directly, and we'll uh, we'll sort that out. Um, other than that, I want to thank my guests, Shockmaster and Sekots, for joining me today, uh, giving their hot takes on all these hot topics. Uh, this is a hot podcast, as usual, uh, with your host, Sluglord. Uh, um, definitely look for uh, OC, a.k.a. Anarchist, to join us on the next episode, possibly uh, going to be released... Next Monday, I want to say this one will hopefully be up later today. It's uh, Wednesday or Tuesday, rather, as we're recording this now. No promises, those though, guys. Once it is up, we will get it out to you guys on every available outlet. Um, yes. Also, subscribe to us on Twitter, on Instagram, and on the YouTube's. Uh, Rob, I believe you know all the handles for that. Oh man, you're going to throw me in a spot now. <laughs> um, okay, well, what? 
go look for it on the page because it is on the uh, header of the... I'm already there, my brother. So uh, we go for our Facebook. It's uh, facebook.com forward slash P4 wrestling. Uh, Twitter is twitter.com forward slash P4. Am I right in thinking it's now Wolfpack? Wolfpack, uh, yes. Yes, yeah, so it's people Wolfpack. Um, and then the YouTube channel is uh, Passion for Wrestling. So, yeah, uh, and look for a new Being the Marks episode that will be coming out uh, probably in the next two weeks, mm-hmm. uh, as well as a couple more projects that we are currently in the works on. Um, yeah, you guys have been fantastic. Uh, anything else you would like to add? No, thank you very no, much. No. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, man. All right. Thank you, Shockmaster, coming from England, and Rob coming from Australia, me from America. Thank you, guys, for joining us. Have a too-sweet day. And you, my brother. Goodbye. See you later. Good night.